Hey guys, thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode of On The Beat. Have you rated or reviewed us yet? If not, why? The best way for us to grow is by sharing us with your friends and rating and reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify has a new rating feature right on our podcast front page. It is super easy, and the more five-star ratings and reviews we get, the better it is for us to grow. If you screenshot and DM us your review, we'll share the most flattering ones on an upcoming episode. Thank you so much for listening, and your support is marvelous and appreciated. When I do notes and stuff, like I usually just scroll them onto one page so that they're all there right in front of me. So I have any jokes to make, they're right there, right in front of my face. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I look at the top corner, it says, what kind of fuckery is this? And like, why is this so dumb? It's like, I hate the goot. Like, it's stuff like that that I'm writing down I just here. Like so obviously, hate, hate I don't like mail. I don't like Gutenberg. I really don't. I don't understand his unfair. appeal. I really hope that um, any goot lovers out there just reach out. Reach out and let us know that you love the goot. Aye. Because you're not alone. Yeah, fucking Gutenberg focus group. You can all hang out together like those sad sacks who love Avatar. So... <laughs> well, hello there, and welcome to On The Beat, the podcast that uncovers full frontal male nudity in cinema. My name is Laura, and I am joined ever so tenderly by my co-host ryan tenderly tender tenderly yeah tenderly Mm, swipe right i did yeah you did we both did otherwise we wouldn't be here right now covering this awful awful movie and that awful movie is the 1980 musical comedy Can't Stop the Music, starring Steve Gutenberg, fan favorite. Mm, yeah, whatever. Valerie Perrine and Caitlyn Jenner as Bruce Jenner, yeah. who's playing Ron. Yeah, he just explained to me that, that yeah, that's, uh, that's the lawyer that's in this movie. Yeah, I thought that you'd known that that was Caitlyn Jenner. Well, he's a celebrated Olympian, or was a celebrated Olympian. Yeah. Um... With records that had been untouched until just before the release of this film in 1980. Okay, I mean, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know anything about Bruce Jenner. Obviously, going into this, I know plenty about Caitlyn Jenner. She's very vocal about certain things. She has some views that are, uh, let's say, polarizing. I believe she is problematic. Okay. There you go. That's good. Well, I mean, yeah, if you have anything to do with the Kardashians, I mean, there's nothing. I don't know anything about the Kardashians, and we're not going to go into it, because I don't know who is who, I don't know what they do, and I don't know why they're on TV. I genuinely don't. But, uh, yeah, just roll up your little cotton socks. You'll be fine. Why don't you tell us about the director of this film, Nancy Walker? Nancy Walker? That's I mean, celebrated, celebrated director. That's celebrated director. Um, okay, so Nancy Walker primarily was an actress, and she did a bit of TV and film directing. Um, she was born in the 1920s, and so she's she'd been around for quite a fair amount, but her, she doesn't have a very illustrious career, I'll okay. kind of say that much. And this is her only film. She died in 92, so she's only directed one film, and that was the comedy musical i find it hard to call it a comedy musical because one it's, it's a not musical it's not funny and yeah are i mean you, it, are it you sure it's not funny am i sure it's not I funny? Laughed. i did yeah but i mean it's absurd 
I don't know really if that's if that's kind of the the blanket for comedy nowadays. But I mean, that wasn't really. It's it was forty years ago. It wasn't very. Yeah, it's fucking forty years ago, right? Um, <laughs> so but yeah, Nancy Walker. She did a bit of acting and stuff in the nineteen forties and into the nineteen seventies. I mean, a couple of notable things is that she was in she was in Murdered by Death in 1976, which is all right. What is that? Um, is that a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. Okay. Um, kind of like Clue, kind of like one of those, kind of like one of those things. All right. Yeah, supposedly she's a comedian. She knows comedy. Um, <laughs> but she was also in a movie with Doris Day called Lucky Me. Um, I don't know if she's like a like a front player in any of the stuff she's ever been in. So. I'm just kind of putting that out there. Okay. But uh, yeah, mostly kind of romantic kind of comedy films. Like I said, nothing very notable. The only notable thing about Can't Stop the Music is it's shot by Bill Butler. Yeah, who did which the, the is later... mind-blowing. Yeah, because he shot Jaws, he shot the later Rocky movies, he did Grease, The Conversation, he did Child's Play, and he also did Anaconda. <gasps> oh yeah. my god. Yeah. I didn't know about Anaconda. I don't know if I was ever going to bring up Anaconda in any sort of form, but yeah, Bill Butler shot those Whoa. movies and he also shot uh this one like how do we kind of describe can't can't stop the music well i want to say let's something. just say let's just say like yeah no maybe yeah you go you go into it yeah, I, well i just wanted it. to say something about bill butler oh, okay. and uh, nancy walker so apparently nancy walker and valerie valerie perrine had huge issues working with each other so it got to a point in filming where nancy walker said i'm not coming to set if Valerie Perrine is there filming that day. Now, unfortunately, Valerie Perrine is essentially the star of this film. She's almost in every single scene. Yeah. Therefore, Nancy Walker stopped coming to set and Bill Butler filmed most of the movie. Huh. All by himself. Okay. Yeah. She just wouldn't come to set. Okay. Hated her so much. I mean, that would, yeah, I mean, that doesn't really, yeah, that doesn't really kind of gel well with having any sort of successful career in the film business if you're not able to come to set to actually direct the scenes that you're meant to be directing. Correct. Hmm. Oh, well. Well, I don't know. I think Bill did, did the best he could with what was there because what was there is uh, kind of like a, a, a jelly mess. <laughs> it's a fever dream. So let me yeah. tell you the synopsis of this film pulled from Letterboxd. I cannot wait to hear this shit. One sentence. Good. A loose biography of seminal disco hitmakers, The Village People, and their composer, Jacques Morali. Right, okay. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's penned as like a pseudo biographical movie. Yes. Um, about the how, Village about People. About the Village People. Um, here's the thing. It's kind of like, it's not, it's not the tell, like, it's not the literal telling of the story. Like, it's meant to be kind of like this fun romp. Yeah. But because it's not a literal telling of the story, you could literally do anything with it to make it more fun. Yes. It could be more fun. Yes. And I got to tell you, a lot of the musical numbers, I was really digging them, you know, because okay. then I forget... How mundane and ridiculous the rest of the the film and the dialogue is, but every time there was a musical number, and I'm like, pulled me back in. Yeah. And I don't like the Village People music. No, no, no. Their songs are incredibly literal, as we seem to find out. Yeah, it just kind of explains everything that they're yeah. talking about. It's kind of just like. Um, so what can I do at the YMCA? 
can I work out? I can and work out. Meet the boys. Meet the boys. Yeah. I could have a meal, a good meal. Yeah, have fun. And have fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So right, I mean, that's like, what you can do at the YMCA. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, and this is not obviously to put the village people down, but their their music was born to be played in in clubs and stuff. Like it, they were movers and shakers. Yeah. It didn't matter what they were singing about. That's you know, true. Like milkshakes. Beats. Yeah, milkshakes or disco beats. Meeting the boys or whatever. You know, like it was all about getting people to move and shake on the dance floor. That was kind of what it was about. Because it's it's. I mean, I guess you would refer to it as like disco music. It is disco. Or at least it's like it's at the latter end of like the disco era. So that is also the issue with this is because when this film came out, the village people, by the time they started filming it and ending the filming of this, the village people weren't popular anymore. Yes. And neither was disco. So yeah. it, they missed the mark just so that the village people weren't important and mm-hmm. everyone hated disco. Because they already refer to the fact that the 80s are coming in the movie and that things are obviously going to change. So they knew when this film was going to come out. They knew when they were filming this film. Because it came out in 1980, right? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, pretty much they knew exactly what they were doing and where they were. I feel like the issue with the film is not the inclusion of the village people. That's where all the fun comes in. Correct. It's the rest of the other crap. Where you're like, okay, if this isn't the biographical film, just like trim out all the fucking meat, like all this stuff, like all the fat that you've got on here, all the fucking Bruce Jenner, Gutenberg bullshit. Don't you dare throw the goot under the bus what for this. What a fucking goofy idiot he is. Yeah. Fucking three men and a baby bullshit. I love the Fucking goot. police academy. I don't like Gutenberg. He has zero <laughs> appeal to me. Like, absolutely zero. And I, they put him center stage in this. Hell and yeah. he is a fucking goofball. Oh, he's so good. Oh, my God. And I love that, that I have a thing going with our friend Jen right now to where I'll just randomly send her some Goot pictures or, like, Gutenberg news. And she gets very upset. You just need to, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's bordering on, like, systematic abuse like i mean no yeah, one has said that yeah no one needs that kind of surprised she hasn't blocked yeah. me yet well she doesn't like him no no and who does me yeah i think we need to get you a therapist i think any more chatter about the gutenberg in any sort of positive way i'm gonna get you sectioned so oh i didn't do the tagline the tagline of this film is the musical comedy smash of the 80s yeah which is a lie because there's a lot of musical like comedy uh, smashes of the eighties because Xanadu came out in the eighties. Well, it was I after believe, this, right? I believe Xanadu came out potentially the same year. You're joking. I'm not. So what about? Um, it all did right, come well, out the same year. Okay, so what about? Well, Greece came out before then, right? I think Greece is like seventy eight or something. It is seventy eight, right? Okay. So it's funny that you're bringing that up, and I'm gonna. I want to get into the film just after this, but because that's probably the reason why Butler's on this movie is because of his involvement with Greece, right? Yeah. So Alan Carr, who I believe is the producer of the film, the production of Can't Stop the Music. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay, so who also did Greece, and so he right. wanted Olivia Newton-John for this film. And was yes. in talks to get Olivia Newton-John, but then she did Xanadu instead. Yeah. There's a lot of Xanadu, Can't Stop the Music, 
twos and fro's. Yes. This is kind of like, Can't Stop the Music's kind of like the poor man's Xanadu, but also Xanadu is also the poor man's Xanadu. Like, <laughs> it's really, like, there's not, like, because there's I roller skates, it. there's roller skates in both of these movies. Yes. This one, I mean, Can't Stop the Music wanders a fair amount. For two hours, it's a bit, it's a bit of a journeyman. Like, it's a bit, it's a bit rough. <laughs> starts off really well so it starts off with the goot um working in a record shop but he's got somewhere really important to go tonight because someone dropped out who was gonna dj at this really fancy club he has dreams of becoming the next avici that's why he wants to be who's that avici is a very famous uh swedish dj i don't know is pitbull a dj i have no (laughs) idea who you're talking about right now i gotta be honest Not a clue. Oh, God, I was kind of, I didn't know if we'd ever bring up Pitbull, but anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, he tells his boss that if he doesn't get the night off, he's going to quit, but it's inventory night. Yeah, this isn't the only time this happens during the course of the movie, though. Like, people are just ready to quit at a moment's notice because of, obviously, the potential of, of something. Because, like, obviously, quitting your normal job for potentially doing something within the creative industries i don't think is a very sensible thing to do and i know that for a fact (laughs) um but yeah no he's skating around the record store basically he's a goof oh it's so great and he he yells at his boss when he's like you know something about how he's not going to do inventory tonight and he jumps over the counter in his roller skates and he's like my time is now and then he yeah. roller skates out the door, mm-hmm. and then comes the most beautiful, long opening credits montage scene of roller yeah. skates that anyone has ever seen, and nothing will ever be seen again like it. I mean, to be fair, it has to be long, so it has to substantiate the song, because the they, song. Paid, they paid for the song. Oh, boy. Yeah. Remember, this is a musical comedy. There has to be music in it. I would have that opening credits scene on repeat forever. I loved it so much. Uh, okay, that's fine. It was very funny. Yeah, but I mean, in the list of like great opening title sequences, that wouldn't even make the top 50. What are you talking about? Of course it would. It's trash. What's better than this one? Pick one. Uh, seven. I don't remember it, so... Goldeneye. I don't remember that one either. Right, okay. Well... I remember this one. It's because you're... No, you're pleading ignorance to the fact that I bring up anything and you're just like, nope, nope, it's not... It's not Can't Stop the Music, nope, obviously. Nope, it's not the goot. Mm. Can't remember. It's not the goot. Yeah, where's the goot now exactly? Oh, wait, we're going to cover that later. Yeah, we're going to talk about that for 45 <laughs> minutes. It's going to be a three-hour long episode. Let's just get through this so we can get to that bit. Okay. I'm more interested in that shit. Just a lot of weird stuff happens. We're gonna. I'm going to come up with my favorite <laughs> points um, before we get to the dick scene, which is weird that that even exists in this film because I'm pretty sure it's a PG. Um, but... They end up going, uh, the Goot has a really beautiful uh, top model roommate, and they head back to their apartment, and this dude is sitting on the couch wearing a full Native American headdress. She's like watering plants or something. There's a lot of like... so many plants. This is a thing, like this film very much kind of lives in the past. It's very much got the humor of like a 1950s like TV sitcom. Like it's very much kind of buried in the sort of stuff that that Nancy Walker had been performing in for most of her life. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that stuff's kind of injected into this where it's... A lot of off-color jokes or, like, you know, the references to, like, weed because it's, like, the 1970s and it was a big thing and obviously a time of I'm gonna time of peace some and love. I'm going to give you magic mushrooms, bro. Yeah, and there's also, yeah, there's a lot of also kind of very, 
we will kind of get into this, but for a film that's effectively about the birth of one of the most openly gay music acts to ever exist, the word gay is never used once. Certainly not. No. And I think like that's obviously due to the fact that that was very much the marketing decision of the village family from their conception, to be fair. The village family? I thought it was it the village family, the village people. <laughs> but let's put it this way, like they're openly they're openly homosexual, but there is nothing about it other than it's kind of it's always kind of surface level homosexuality. It's never kind of overtly out there. It's never said, but it is made clear. It's kind of like through... Yeah, it's kind of like a gay in joke. It's like you know, like you know, because if you're part of the culture, you know they're gay. I, yeah, I don't but know what to say. There's I don't no, know what to say about it. I mean, it's but there's no part of it where it's like because it's it's a marketing ploy. You don't sell as many records if you put yourself out there at that time as being openly gay. Right. Yeah. So I guess that's what they're so doing. So like an with this underground cult hit. Yeah, there's a reference to cruising in this movie. One of the women says, like, says to one of the guys, like, you'll be cruising around on Times Square, and she starts laughing, and we're all like, we've all seen that Al Pacino movie. I yes, know what it's have. all about. Yeah. Cruising also came out in 1980, directed by William Friedkin. Yeah. Was filming at the exact same time as uh, Can't Stop the Music. Oh, yeah, this was in the documentary, right? Because they were protesting. So, yes, there were gay activist protesters protesting the filming of Cruising, which was filming in the same area as Can't Stop the Music. Mm. But then the activist protesters would confuse one set for the other set and often would halt the filming of Can't Stop the Music on accident when they were actually looking for the film set of Cruising. Yeah. And this happened over and over again um, during the production. Yeah, what uh yeah, what a dichotomy. I love that. Yeah, I love that that happened. That is wild. That is wild. It's so funny. Cuz the thing is the cruising, <laughs> like the stuff in cruising is 100% real. Like that stuff exists. That is real men doing real things to themselves. <laughs> so I mean, it's like a basement full of leathermen. Yeah, like it was a thing. Like it is a thing. Wow. Always has been a thing. I mean, there's a leather man in this. Um Remember when Leatherman's like banging his head against the wall and he goes, Leatherman, don't cry. Leatherman, don't cry. Oh my God, I think I may have missed that bit. Jesus Christ. I remember. Right. And then the one guy walks by and goes, yes, they do. <laughs> it was so weird. Oof. Okay, but what I was going to say about Philippe, who climbs in through the window wearing his whole headdress, um, Sam, the roommate, she's like, oh, I'm. this is fine. This is neighborly New York after all. And I've never heard of New York being neighborly in New York. Hmm. Unless you want to do like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah, I guess like there's a kinship of being a New Yorker, which I think this is. But this is this is like, again, this is pseudo reality. Like this isn't real. There is some there is some there is some kind of quintessential New Yorker bits. I mean, there's a robbery. There's an old woman with a gun that robs someone. There's an assault. In the movie as well, with a baguette. I love that. You know as what I mean? As, as well. That woman yeah. just walks out of the store with a big old baguette and then just slaps a woman in the back. And then she takes the baguette and slaps the old woman. Yeah. Weird. Well, here's the thing. Like, you do understand, like, those moments are meant to be funny. It was funny. And how do you make moments like that funny in what is effectively meant to be a comedy musical? 
I don't know. It was just funny. I didn't. I didn't need any, well, any that's explanation. That's the thing. Like the way they make them funny in this movie. Like, what do you think they do? What? It is accompanied by deafening silence. Oh right. Yeah. So like when there's no music, there's basically no sound. There is nothing other than other than say people talking. Absolute shit for the most part. Very weird. Like dry nonsense. <laughs> Like, they have a fucking party, and there's a lasagna night and stuff, and you're like, Jesus Christ. And they're like, well, you know, I've made the lasagna. And then they start talking about weed, and then someone's just like, well, I'm going to get this party started. I'm going to crack the whip. And she, one of them goes, bit of S&M, eh? And it's like, what? What is this? What is this dry nonsense? It was very quiet, and I just find it very strange that they're having, like, a nice get-together dinner party slash demo recording session with the group that they've created called the village they called them the village people later they just found them on the street yeah it's just a bunch of bunch of bunch of dudes just a bunch of that never take off their work clothes specifically yes they don't ever take off their work clothes but also their work clothes are not particularly practical very no. short shorts open tops you know the biker who works at the toll office for the bridge he's a bridge tollman Leatherman. Um, leather guy, like, I don't think his clothing's particularly practical. No. And certainly, I don't think you can go around just looking like a cop if you're not actually a cop. He was I a cop. He is a cop. Oh, he's definitely a cop? Yeah, the one that's married, who well, he's very also... sure to let everyone know that he's married to a woman. Yeah, because, yeah. Always he's... brought his wife around. Yeah, he is the only, and nothing that's real, like, he is the only straight man in that group. Yeah, the And cop. he's also the lead, yeah, he's also the lead singer much of all the songs oh i wanted to say about the lasagna yeah. she has they have this night this demo night and they invite all these people and she cooks a lasagna and then everyone eats the lasagna and then they go off to sing which is exactly yeah. what i want to do right before i'm about to record a demo tape is eat a shit ton of pasta and cheese yeah and spitting out little bits of ground beef into the crowd oh and goodness. stuff like that like i don't think that's good for it's your vocal not cords. it's not an optimum sound recording environment and Gutenberg should have known better. Yeah. You well, know? he's an idiot. And I mean, at one point, like, there's one of the ladies gets so... She's dancing, there's a lot of these kind of long-hanging lights and stuff like that. It looks like she gets all fucking tangled up in it and stuff. <laughs> and I mean, I'm like... I'm like, what were they singing about as well? This isn't the milkshake song. What no, were they singing about? I don't know. Just, like, having fun and... Yeah, it was like, everyone's getting together. getting together and we're having a good time tonight. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, that's like... Cause, did. Yeah, because, like, there's there's a lot of kind of tropey, I guess, like, kind of comedy, filmy bullshit. Like, have you ever seen any of those sort of Doris Day movies? There's always these archetypes that kind of show up. So, Bruce Jenner, who's the lawyer, we kind of peg him, firstly, as being kind of like this He's very conservative... Yeah, well, he does say, and he says it quite fly, he doesn't agree with their lifestyle. Oh, yeah, that was rough. You know, and it's kind of like, okay, so you're obviously a homophobe. Um, and then uh, there's also the woman who's obviously, she, she's interested in having sex with everybody. Like, she, she has sex with people. She's the one who offers Gutenberg the weed, you know, that sort oh, of thing. Oh, right. She pulls the fucking, yeah, she just pulls it out of her bra. And she's like, oh, we're going to do this. And then that leads to like a horrible joke where Gutenberg sees the cop who's in the village people. Well, where else are you going to keep your weed? You got to keep it somewhere. Well, I don't know. She made that horrible joke about having bad sex and cleaning. Remember? Oh, yeah. She said like uh, every time I, it's like every time I clean or have bad sex, I swear I'm never going to do it again. Until you get a suitable company coming around again. And it's like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. Yes. I don't know. She's got priorities. It's certainly not Hoot a Minute. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but every single musical number in this movie is is pretty is pretty great. You know, there's that I Love You to Death song, the Builder song. I don't know what to say about that song. I was very confused. And the so- all of the songs are quite repetitive. So you end up knowing all the words to the song, you know, within 20 seconds. Well, this is a three minute song and it has three lines. It's yeah. just, I love you to death, I love you to death. And it just goes on for three minutes. I That's all it you, is. Baby. I love you to love death. death. And I it's also it's too. also not happening in reality either. It's just happening in his head. Yeah. It's just like, I love you to death. It was a really, really bad music video. And it's funny because all the dancers look exactly the same when they film the milkshake commercial. Yes. Well, they've obviously tried to save money there. They just put them in a different costume. But certainly the milkshake song is also a very literal song about how you make a milkshake and what you can do with milk. Yep, you can have yeah. it with a sandwich. You can have you it after sandwich, work. Yes, and then you put it in with some ice cream, a little bit of sugar, blend that up, you get yourself a nice little milkshake. And if you like, you like milkshake. chocolate. Do you like a chocolate milkshake? Do you like a strawberry milkshake? Do you like a vanilla milkshake? Yeah. Toe tappers. That's all they are. They're toe tappers. You're not yeah. meant to take the songs literally because they're kind of like the, the village people just as a band, relatively a novelty. It's kind of like what they're meant to be. They're like a novelty band. Like the Spice Girls? Uh, I'd say the Spice Girls had a little bit more toward the making of the music. But yes, they're kind of like, they're just a pop machine. They made a whole bunch of money and they just got out. I would say, hmm, I wouldn't say it's like close to like Mr. Blobby, like standards <laughs> of quality. Okay. And I don't know if there's anything like that in uh, like in the U.S., like if there's any sort of kind of novelty bands, like I don't know what's that. Uh, didn't didn't Weird Al have like a bunch of songs? They're all kind of novelty songs, and they not. Well, they're like spoof songs, parodies. Yeah, that's what I would say, parody songs. But he's not a novelty. Okay. No, I would not call Weird Al a novelty. Yeah, he's a I parody man. I would say, like in general, there's some there's some interesting musical numbers in this movie, but just in general, like. Like, there's nothing about this film that holds any sort of... Like, it treads it treads kind of so thinly over the course of two hours. Like Okay. You know. All right. I get it. But, like, what parts made you laugh? Because we're about to come up. We have an hour into the mil- into the film before we talk about the penises. Is there anything that you could remember before that that made well, you I mean, laugh? I like, I like it when... Like, because the film really kicks it up a gear when they're, like, they're auditioning for people to join the band. And then the biker guy comes in and starts singing Danny Boy. Oh my god. Holy mother of Christ. He just wanted an extension on his taxes. Oh yeah. But then he walked into an audition for the village people. You'll never guess what I can sing, boys. Oh my god, Brian. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you really did it. All right. Well, Here there we you go. go. <laughs> he does kind of talk like that. He does. I loved him. That's exactly what he sounds like. He does. He does. <laughs> and then he just whispers to the pianist, he jumps goes to the ta- on the t- Who goes on to the, the tax piano. office dressed like that, though? That's his that's To, like, try and get it. That's fine. That's okay. They never change their clothes. You know. Oh, Danny boy. Yeah, it's perfect. It makes it's no great. sense. Yeah, it's very funny. Like, you thought he would jump up and sing, I don't know, a current disco hit? Or some such thing. Or a village people song. It's certainly a better... Well, no, because they're not the village people by that point. Right, but you've already had village people songs before the village people are created in the film. Yes, it's also a pseudo... So have to. It's a pseudo biography. Well, they're not going to put songs in that weren't... They weren't hits for the village people, because they've got to bring in that audience, I guess. But, I mean... He could have jumped up there and sang Macho Man. They didn't even put that in the movie. No... 
But there is one reference to that when or she's in wearing... In the Navy. Yeah, but there's a reference to, to Macho Man and the, there's a t-shirt that she wears that says Macho Woman. It's yeah. that red t-shirt during the YMCA song. Right. Because that's the thing. Like, I guess, I guess, like, they're, they're obviously trying their best. They try and... Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of these songs, when they're performed, they're kind of relatively out of place. Because there's no need for us to go to a YMCA. We just, we have to be there for the song. I don't even know how they got there or no, why. Because we were they on the just, street and then we're in the YMCA. Yeah, you just kind of get there. Yeah. And we are missing, like you said, like, you know, in the Navy. And we are missing Macho Man as well. I mean, I, I don't know, unless they're like, maybe they're just too much. So I I do believe that they filmed Macho Man okay. and then it got cut. See, the thing is, like, I don't know why they didn't just fill this movie with it because all the dialogue is tripe. It's really bad. It's tripe. It's really bad. Um, it is it is amusing, but it's it's long and drawn out. But you know, it's it's fine. I mean, what were we expecting? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we were expecting. I I don't know. I still laughed a lot, but we we haven't even gotten through half of the film yet. I have nothing to discuss other than one hour, 12 minutes, and 55 seconds in okay, uh, good. when they start singing YMCA. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, okay. So we get to the YMCA song, yeah. and in this film, there is nudity, which is strange considering that I'm pretty sure that this is a PG film. I think they, they were trying to do... A kind of mass market thing, because the thing is, there's a there's a fair amount of nudity in this particular sequence. Yeah. Um, as much as like, and I mean, we'll get into it. As much as it's, it's not particularly clear. I guess the version of the movie we're watching was not only not only a VHS rip, but it was also um, it was also then redumped back onto a VHS before they transferred it again, and then yeah. we watched it. It, it looks like ass. Yeah, it looks um, really bad. Yeah. Yeah, this is a PG film. Yeah. Uh, but there are... Well, the thing is, it's, it's relatively inoffensive. Like, it's just a film. Like, it's inoffensive. Oh, completely. The problem is, like, I mean, if, if you're one of those, if you're one of those incredibly conservative and quite ignorant individuals out there, there's nothing about this that you're going to enjoy. There's nothing about it whatsoever. Like, the shorts are so short. That you're just going to be like, that's not practical. How would he ever get a job dressed like that? You know, it's kind of... You don't need the job. You just need the music, baby. Yeah, I guess. Well, you can't stop the music. I, I wish... have zero problems with the short shorts. I have even fewer problems with the crop top t-shirts. I loved it. Every second of it. Yeah. Give me the short shorts. Show me those thighs. Show me your tummies. I guess the thing is, is that I'm a bit, of, I'm a bit of a realist. And at the end of the day... I felt like even in Total Recall, you know, when Arnold's doing the construction work there. Yeah. I felt like what he was wearing was a little bit too much as well. Y yes, I you know agree. What I mean? Um and I think you need to like you need to look like he's pal in Total Recall, got a bit of a belly. You you look like you smoke cigars, you know. I think what I'm what I'm more kind of like is like how are you meant to get any work done with those tiny shorts? Yeah, they're so distracting to everybody else. How am I supposed to get work done with those tiny shorts yeah. running around? You could almost see Philippe's butthole. His shorts are so short. Philippe. Philippe. Oh, Philippe's the oh, the Native American. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. He yeah. He like bends over to like grab something. And it's yeah. Just like a, okay. 
One thing I don't think that we've mentioned yet, which will definitely come up in this scene with the YMCA, is the absolute gratuity of men. Gratuitous yes. uh, butts and crotches and bending. There's butts, there's boobs that aren't men. There's ladies' boobs. Yes, there is some titties in this. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's crazy. And this happens throughout the film. Like, also in the beginning of the movie. She's also the only lady at the YMCA as well. Yeah. There's not any other ladies there. She's got she's nothing the only to worry one. about. Hanging no, with those boys. No. No. We'll it's very much her. like the entire sequence, for as long as it is, it's the entirety of the song. It's just the celebration of men coming together. Hell yeah. That's what it is. You know? These boys love hanging with the boys and they love doing gymnastics. They do. And they like doing wrestling. There's some crazy stuff in this Swimming sequence. Swimming. Yes. Like, and oof. pumping iron. Yes. With the boys. And I guess like this is when we kind of point out there's not a lot of overtly, um, uh, I guess what would we say, like there's like visual metaphors. Oh, yeah. Like, overt, yeah. like overtly kind of homoerotic imagery. Very phallic, uh, pumping, much grinding. Yeah, yeah. It's been but all in good fun. It's been relatively tame up until this point, and then you're kind of like, well, they're really not burying it anymore, are they? I like, don't know. It's it wasn't, pretty obvious it what's wasn't going very on tame, here. Like when they had that disco scene in the beginning where, where Gutenberg was doing his disco night, and yeah. then he plays one song and then hands over the reins to a stranger and then leaves. Yeah. His most important night of his life. Yeah. There was a lot of grinding in that scene as well. A lot of butts. Lots of humping. Yes, yes. And the thing is... Lots of mustaches. The thing is, is like, we're all aware what's going on. <laughs> yeah. We're all very aware what's going on. It's just, you know, never the word is ever uttered <laughs> in the course to. of the movie. Unnecessary. No, I, mean, I mean, no, they don't have to. They don't have to. They're just living their lives. You don't need. They don't need well, to call it out. I would argue so much that, like, like by not calling it out and just kind of showing it as like this kind of parody and stuff, is it is it a bit more of a slight or an injustice against gay culture? I don't know. By not embracing it fully and completely. I think they do embrace it, and I do think that uh, you know, it's nobody's business. They're just going to live their lives. All right. But I'm not gay, so you know. No, and neither am I. Maybe I shouldn't have an opinion. No, I probably no, shouldn't. I probably can just not. enjoy these boys. Hanging, enjoy these, enjoy these boys. Hanging with the boys. Yeah. Okay. Well, hang, talking about hanging with the boys, we we get into this YMCA. Okay. Because they just barge into this locker room. They don't give any of these lads any time to put their clothes on. No. Um. And they're all they're all incredibly good looking. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's not an ugly Many one abs. in the bunch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they walk in and there's a guy. You know, and 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 Sam, the the woman, is in the front of the group uh-huh. and walks in, and there's a guy just naked who covers himself up with a t-shirt um, yeah. right off the bat, and, and she would... gives him a solid glance. Yeah, well, they're obviously playing it for laughs. Yes. but I would I would say that the they cover him up relatively quite well because they put like a fucking cock sock on him or something. I know as I know as bad as the quality was that we were watching, but there is some there is some padding there to prevent us from seeing just a full on because it would it would be it would be insane 
if oh, we saw all, you know? Yeah. And cubes I, and all. I'm still very curious to see what the Blu-ray version of this looks like, all remastered and cleaned up, because this was a rough version to watch. Yeah. But... Um, I the, want the widescreen HD Blu-ray version. I looked it up. It's it's pricey, but it oh. might be worth it. Okay. Well, I mean... Add it to the collection. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't see us ever really watching this film again. Um, says you. I'm going to watch the opening again. Okay. So then, you, you, you know, we're intercut. Like, it's a montage uh, music video for YMCA, essentially, right? But yeah. then they've got shots, two different pretty short shots of men showering yeah there's like shower scenes the public showering section so it's basically like it's just this really big yeah this really big kind of bath it's all steamy and stuff like that and they're obviously so they're soaping and sudden themselves up yeah you know they're having a laugh they're having fun as you do you know, because that's all you do at the YMCA is you have fun. You have a good time. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I honestly like whenever I get there and I change and I'm changing to go out. Like I've never been any faster. I'm like fucking Speedy Gonzalez when I go in there. I think we've talked about yeah, your experiences at like, our local YMCA uh, like changing head, room. Yeah, like eyes, like eyes up or like eyes like down on the ground. Like you do not, you do not stare because you are going to get like a. There's going to be a rogue dick just like in your eye line at some point. The amount of wieners you've seen at that YMCA it's insane. in real how life many is dicks. crazy. Yes. How many dicks think, I've seen. I think a lot of men get kicked out of there for, uh, you know. Indecent exposure. Potentially. There is a way to like, there is a way to go around it. Because I've done it for years. Like you just put a towel around yourself and you're able to like manually, like, you know, you're able to like, you know, do your thing without ever having to show your bits and bobs. But this is it, like this full grown men just walking around and it's carpet. You know what I mean? It's carpet. <laughs> Fucking carpet in the locker room. And there's just guys just like dicks swinging, you know? Yeah, well, they're comfortable with their bodies, you know? And they want to show it off. That's fine. They want to put one leg up, Captain Morgan style, on a bench and lean fine. over they're so like, you can see their balls. This is my thing. This is this, this also applies to men trying to talk to you when you're at the urinal. I never had any of these issues there's a reservation. There's a respect that you have for your fellow man. Like when they're trying to go to the toilet, because it's a mission. Like sometimes you're just like, look, I need to go. I need to do this. I just need to, you know, you know, put the focus on so I can just get on with my normal life and never have to like ever find a bit. But it's like someone will turn to you when you're the urinal and they'll be like, so how's your day going? Oh, boy. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to say exactly in this moment like i literally have my dick in my hand and i cannot trust why do you want to know so badly what i'm doing while you're doing this i don't understand like it's very uncomfortable like, what'd you have for dinner last night yeah and like, imagine that, that and imagine that with from a naked man asking you how your day's going in a locker room when yeah. you're just trying to get out he just wants to be friends with you. I just want to go get a sandwich or have a coffee, you know, just like really think about it. Instead of like, I'm there, I've come out the shower and I'm sweating and I'm like, this man's dick's like almost going to touch my thigh. Like, I'm not really interested. <laughs> I'm really not interested. That's what you get at the YMCA. You get a good time and you get to meet new friends. Yes, you do. And you get to take a shower together. If you want. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if there's public showers at our YMCA, but certainly there are showers at the YMCA. Any shower can be a public shower if you <sighs> want it to be. Jesus. Anyway, talking of the public showers, this is a like this whole sequence because it's mental, and I mean we're not going to break it down completely, but the two shots where you see something or potentially see something, 
Yes. They are frame by frame instances. Very, very quick. And I did think that there was going to be more wiener in this movie than there was. And so I was a little disappointed that we had to get up and slow-mo those two shots as we did. So just, you know, be warned that this isn't like Harvey Keitel levels of wiener in this film. It's very quick. It's incidental. Yes. Um, And it's also something that I feel like if you are doing it frame for frame, you miss the fact that it's even maybe there at all. Correct. Like, it's something that you're like... You're like, oh, did I just see that? Because you see, it, it's it's easier to see it in motion than it is to see it frozen in time. That's if true. If that makes sense. It's like obvious that if you're looking at that part of someone's body and they turn a certain way and something flops, <laughs> you're kind of like, well, look, it can only be that. It's not someone's hand. Correct. You know, so I guess that's kind of where that goes. The fact that there is a nude shower scene in this film at all Mm. is incredible and then there's obviously the bath there's the big bath where they're splashing around and stuff like that Yeah, they're all swimming and all of the men i assume are naked because sam the only female lead in this film is naked yeah and you see her boobs well they've circled her they've created a whirlpool around her and they're just splashing oh if there's nothing i hate more in a in a pool or in any body of water, is someone splashing me with water. I hate that so much. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. But they're all splashing Well, you don't, yeah, you don't really tend to have fun in water in general, really. I I enjoy water. Mm, Do you? Yeah, I just don't like... Only when it's in state. I don't like water sports. (laughs) Oofed. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, that's the... That's the dick scene. Like, it's kind of a blink and you'll miss it sort of moment. It It's just so interesting. I just love the fact that it exists it, it, in this film. It, it comes out of nowhere. And especially during such a gratuitously almost sexual song. Like, the song's not sexual, but, like, all of the men in the YMCA are pumping. They're grinding. They're wrestling. And it's just very, I don't know, I don't want to say erotic because it's not, but it's just... Their stuff, their stuff is like erotically charged. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's the thing. And all the imagery is erotically charged, you know. Many, but... much phallic imagery, much uh, innuendo. Yeah, like the, the pants they're all wearing are incredibly tight. They've got outlines. Speedos. Yeah, like there's, there's butts, there's butts, there's there's torsos, there's outlines. I mean, it's all very, you know what's going on. They don't say it, they don't spell it out for you, but you know. It's fantastic. You know what's happening. Like, it's It's just, it's the village people, it's the village people, you know, in and out, really. I mean, that's it. That's what it's always been. Yeah. It's like, look, we know, and you know, but we're just not going to tell you. We're just in this together. Because we don't want to alienate a certain part of the public who might be interested in buying our music. That's why. Come on into the YMCA. Meet the boys. Meet the boys. Meet the boys. They change the character of Ron. They make an impression on Ron. So Ron's whole... lawyer. Yeah, Ron's whole thing is like, the minute he gets to New York, he's immediately robbed... Yes, brought um, by an old lady at gunpoint. Yeah, because obviously it's hilarious. You know, it's New York. You know, it's like it's. I it's came from a, St. Louis. It's and... a battleground. You know, it's like you don't this understand New York. You're not a New Yorker. You know, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and you know, he's robbed. 
Um, it's a fucking bit though, like when the fucking granny gets clipped by the bike, and it's obviously just all a ploy because the bike knows the granny and stuff. Like, it just fucking clips her and flips her, and she falls to the fucking ground. It's awesome. Awesome, so good. And then she just robs the fuck out of him, and he comes, he goes over with these cake and stuff. So like the minute he comes on the scene, like he has an agenda, you know, like he's very conservative. He obviously does not see it. Again, everything's kind of slightly implied and no one ever uses the right words or anything like that. It's all kind of like maybe this or maybe that, you know. Um, But at the end of the day, it's just like, yeah, he obviously has a problem with the fact that they're quite out there, you know. He doesn't like any lifestyle that does not strictly line up with his own um do you remember that bit where they do they do a fucking uh like in order to stop a cab like this is as far as like the comedy goes and this might be one of the last things i say about this fucking movie but like in order to stop a cab because he's not from new york you know all this sort of shit he can't stop a cab for whatever reason right right and there's a thousand cabs um so he gets obviously the nate you know her what's her face she's the she's the native new yorker she fucking pulls her dress up and shows her leg yeah toot toot yeah she does a way out west moment (laughs) um and for anybody who's not not aware what way out west is is that laurel and hardy short and uh stan laurel does that in the movie he stops a fucking horse and cart with by showing his uh foreleg nice (laughs) so sexy you know well that's that that's kind of obviously i mean that's that's actually genuinely funny um and obviously whatever goes on here because uh, like there is a point where i black out like i think it's it, it well it's right after this ymca yeah. scene yeah pretty much because it's it's you know there's the milkshake song because you pick up every time like you know a song comes on because the songs the song sections like the musical numbers are actually pretty fun yeah just all the rest of it is just like jesus christ because like it got half an hour in and I'm like, oh my god, we've got an hour and a half left of this. Yeah, it is two hours. It's it? like, uh, Jesus Christ. Like, it's far too much. And I guess, like, that's the problem. It's like, when there is no music, all the rest of the stuff, like, because whatever happened, the sound department just went to sleep. Like, none of that stuff seems to happen. All you hear is nothing but silence and this, just the, 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 the stale conversations that go on. Yeah. They're obviously meant to be funny because there's no ambient sound. There's nothing. It is strange. Yeah, it's very off-put. Like, it's incredibly painful to to watch and to listen to because it feels incredibly stale. And obviously, it takes place in New York. And, you know, obviously, New York, it's a bustling city. There would be sounds. (laughs) Speaking of a bustling city, we got especially distracted at the end of this film right after the YMCA song because I was doing some research on the film and found many articles and videos of Steve Gutenberg from 2008 running around Central Park with no pants on. Yeah, he's bottomless. Porky pig in it. Mm-hmm, porky piggin. Running through Central Park. And the video is a guy saying, oh, here comes Steve Gutenberg. He runs pantsless every day through Central Park. And... He's naked. He's just got a shirt on. Yeah. I don't understand. I was absolutely mesmerized mm. and had to send the video to many people because I just don't understand what Steve Gutenberg's up to and why he's running around without pants on. But it's very funny. I thought it was a joke, but I couldn't figure out whether it was a joke or not. So I kind of feel like, because when did it come out? Was it like 2008? Right, see. So it came out in 2008 and... 
I feel like I feel like I did see something like this or something similar at the time when it did come out. Um, and I think I think people are as baffled as we are right now as to like what is he trying to achieve with this? He's stretching. It, he it has looks, his leg up on a tree. It looks He's staged. Bending over. It looks staged, yeah. and it looks like a kind of jackassy like prank. Yes, that's but... what it looks like. I mean, the problem is, is it kind of just makes him look like he has some level of of issues <laughs> or like something that needs to be addressed because it means obviously and i think i said that like, it just makes him look a little bit desperate for attention yeah it was a little strange and in that video it's you not guys funny. can look it up I, I might post it uh as well or i don't want to get in trouble on instagram again because i already got in trouble for some jackass posts that i made uh, it's the first time for everything. Yeah, I get well. in trouble a lot on my personal account, but not on our yeah. podcast account. Whoops. Well, it's because you've got no filter. That's the problem. That's true. Mm-hmm. Here we so. are. But I'll, I'll, I'll maybe post a link to it. But the guy in the video asked him, hey, man, what are you doing? Why don't you have pants on? And he just said, oh, hey, got to go. I have a meeting and just runs off. Yeah. It did seem staged, but I mm. never could find any clarification on it whatsoever. Well, here's the thing: like this is this is why I, I'm I'm always kind of like we could do an entire episode just based on this one this one clip because it's I, crazy. It's, it is crazy because I mean, did he ever at any point like clarify what he was doing? I or couldn't how find he was anything to find out whether or not it was a joke or or or, or if he said what he was up to. Yeah, see, I just, I found it, because we were watching it today, and, you know, the movie's still going, it's like, maybe got about half an hour left, like, you, you start switching off, um, and then you obviously brought this up, um, I mean, I don't know, like, I'd even go as far as to say it's probably the most entertaining thing Stephen Gutenberg has ever done. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I still love the Goot. But, yeah, that's very strange. That's fine. I mean, he's not going to be any better than the dude who does the sound effects. That's all I'm going to say. Jeez. And he's uh, basically fucking... He's basically being upstaged by a fucking folly artist at that point. Um, I don't want you talking like this anymore. I don't appreciate it. I mean, that's and fine. And all of us Gutenberg fans out there mm -hmm. also don't appreciate the yeah. things you're saying. I mean, to be fair, uh, Tom Selleck's mustache had more stage presence than he did. In, you're not uh, wrong. Three Men because and Baby. Tom Selleck is... An absolute treasure. Yeah, but I'm not talking about Tom Selleck. I'm just and talking about. I'm just talking about his facial his hair. His mustache needs like to if be you detached, in a museum. If you detached his facial hair from Tom Selleck's face, and let's say you put it in a in a in a, in a sterile white space. Okay. So like you're testing it in uh like the you're setting the conditions. Okay. So basically, there's no external stimuli, and basically you're trying to figure out what's more entertaining, a piece of facial hair. Or Gutenberg, right? Yes. And all that's in the room, there's no furniture or anything. I understand. You're just trying to obviously figure out what's more entertaining. And you'll just bring in some people and you'll be like, Look, we need we need your we need your uh, your your plain, honest opinion. What is funnier? What is better? Is it Tom Selleck's mustache or is it Gutenberg? And I've got I've got a funny feeling it would be the mustache. Is the mustache. Yeah, it would have to be the mustache. Because that's a classic mustache. It's very good. And I wish that you would grow one. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I can't grow one. I that's wish the thing. you would do it for me. Okay. I mean, that's fine. But Great. I mean, yeah, even even the prospect of me growing a mustache is still more entertaining than Gutenberg. You are correct, yeah. but I still like the Gutenberg. 
That's fine. You're never I mean, going to change my mind. I'm just, you know, I'm just putting it out there. Just putting it out there, you know. I have a couple more things. Um, so in terms of accolades, which I didn't think I would find, weirdly enough, this film, Can't Stop the Music, and the film Xanadu basically inspired the uh, Golden Raspberries as an awards show. Oh, well, hold on. I'm going to turn my page. Right. Okay. Well, so I mean... this film, Can't Stop the Music, was the very first winner of the worst picture at the Razzies. Wow. Okay. Yep. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to defend it. I mean, it kind of. It kind of deserves it a little bit. Like it's. It's. It's a horrible mess. That being said, it's still. I still find it entertaining i want to point that yeah. out yeah no i mean if you like if you like kind of random moments like where a woman gets hit with a fucking baguette yeah i do and then she's stuck in a phone booth for what seems like hours because her nail gets caught under the rotary dial of the it's very yeah awkward. Phone. i wish i could do um i wish i could edit this film to my own liking and i think it would be mm. an hour long and i'd really like it yeah, I think if they took a good 40 minutes out of this thing, it would be a far more fun film. Plus, also, just leave all the fucking music stuff in there. That's the stuff that's interesting. That's true. Not all the kind of latent homophobia and, uh, you know, the fucking Gutenberg nonsense. Stop it. Stop it right now. Oh, he's like, there's so much okay. going on. Like, that's the thing. Like, the movie, like, you say it's a fever dream, but I also don't want to say it's a fever dream because then you could be like, wow, isn't this fun? Because then it's not really fun either. You're kind of just like, oh. It is pretty fun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I really agree with you. I kind of feel like you only do it to just argue with me on the fact that, that you're just trying to just trying to be that. I mean. Let's put this into numbers. I can handle success better than I handle a root canal. Gutenberg. That's a joke. Yes, yeah, fucking terrible. So we are going to do our ratings, our visibility and context ratings, mm. and our ratings for the film from zero to five stars. And I'd like you to start, Ryan. With the visibility and context. Please do. I'd rather see what you come up with, because my rating could be quite low. It's one of those blink and you'll miss it sort of things. It is a 0.5. Okay. Well, then I'd probably have to agree. I'd say the context and stuff, like in what we're seeing, and like the tone of everything that we're seeing... It all fits. Like, it all makes sense. The problem is, is, like, the film's done a very good point, or at least it's done a very good job up to this point trying to disguise what, you know, what it's, what it is, it is, you know? It's like... Okay. They're trying to hide the fact that, you know, there's there's a homosexual undertone to the whole thing, which I kind of feel like defeats the purpose of, you know, what this film is, which is meant to be... A kind of fun expression of innocent homosexuality and man love, but okay. it, it's yeah, and then it kind of just falls flat with all the rest of the the fun stuff. So I mean, I would say like with the shower scenes and everything that's kind of going on there, um, it kind of keeps that visibility context idea relatively quite low because it's literally blink and you'll miss it moment. I guess when you think about it in terms of visibility and context and you lump them together, yeah. maybe one of these days we're going to split them up. Okay. One of these days in the podcast, I'm going to change my mind and we're going to do visibility and then context because visibility is a 0.5. Context is a 5. Okay. If we're being honest. Yeah. Because it's, it's it, you know... 
I feel like I mean, my... maybe it's not even a five because it doesn't. It also doesn't make a lot of sense for it to be there, but I like it being there because it's funny. It works in the context of what, like, what it is. Like, yeah. it's this. It's this kind of weird, otherworldly kind of moment. Because YMCA's aren't really like that. Let's be honest. Um, no, you know, but. At the same time, it just doesn't take it far enough, and I feel like again, the whole film is kind of an injustice. I'm I don't I don't have anything to say about it because I'll have to ask uh, someone, you know, I'll have to ask people what they think about it. Yeah, maybe I guess people so. tell us what they think about it. Yeah, probably. I would say I would say like I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, I don't but know. But maybe maybe it is. Well, when it's the thing is like, and I guess like it can always go, it can always stray too far in the other direction because we already spoke about cruising, which you could definitely see is like that film very much uh, shows it as like a seedy, dark underground, you know, a bit which exploitative, I don't, a bit exploitative, and also it does not show people who are gay in the best of light at all. You yeah, know? it's like this hidden secretive taboo what did you rate the film overall a one and a half because it's uh, didn't like it no nah, for like 20 minutes it's quite fun all the musical numbers are quite fun the fact that it doesn't have enough musical numbers because they made more than just fucking what four songs yeah and that milkshake song is terrible that milkshake song is fucking so bad awful but for the most part it's it just comes across just like it's pretending to be something that it isn't or like trying to keep all a a kind of deep secret, you know. All yeah, these... you definitely came came out of this differently than I did, but yeah. Um, I mean, you can have fun with it, and I guess like if you're just going in there to be like, yeah, this is a good time and stuff. I'm like, that's cool, you know. But I guess like it's some of the language, and it's just kind of some of the things that are like said and implied, like during the course of the film, where I'm just kind of like, and for the most part, it's just not funny. There's some <laughs> stuff in it that's just like. It's not funny. And it barely classes as a, as a musical. Like, barely. Um, I gave this film two. I, two stars. I almost gave it more, but then I remembered how long it was and how bored I was after YMCA and how I didn't think it was a very clear story and I didn't know who a lot of the characters were. I didn't know their names. No. Why they kept showing up. No. Or what anyone's relationship was to one another. Well, there's that silly woman that's obviously, she's just a comedy of errors. She's the one with the baguette. She gets trapped in the phone booth. She stands on a yeah, fucking cat. Yeah, and I cat. think she was Sam, the top model's agent. Right. I think that's who she was. And she kept pop. I think that's who she was. Right? Yeah. And so it makes no sense. You didn't well, know fir- that. Well, no, our first introduction to her is in her office. Yeah. And she has to get yeah. her assistant to stop her revolving chair from revolving because yeah. she's getting dizzy. So that was kind of our, that was our introduction to that nonsense. But there's also, I mean, Gutenberg's mum turns up, not his actual mother, but like the person's, you know, as their mother uh, is there. She refers to them all as the lovely boys. Oh, the lovely boys. The lovely boys. They are lovely boys. It's like, oh my God, their music just makes me want to dance. It's like, okay, that's fine. I feel like there's a story to the village people that can be told and it can be told better. It's just not really done very well here. Uh, it's going to be another one of those like Elton Sean stories or Bohemian Rhapsody, and I'm just not interested if you, you know. They've done the David Bowie, they've done the, the Queen, and they've done the they've done the Elton John already. Yeah. Very much within the last kind of few, couple of There's years. There's an Elvis one coming out soon. Yeah, that looks like the fucking ass. Holy shit. Yeah. Hopefully I don't there's want a dick in that, because I would cover that one. 
like crazy because that just looks like it's going to be a colossal macaroni mess. <laughs> um, um, I, I, the last thing I want to say is that this was Caitlyn Jenner's first film uh, who was not in another film until the 2011 Adam Sandler movie, Jack and Jill. Okay. Well, I mean... I thought you'd laugh more at that because that movie is terrible. And know, I also kind like, of love Pend that movie. And it's one of the worst films ever made. It's about as bad as White Chicks as well. It's got it? that Al Pacino part where he sings about Dunkachinos. Fucking Dunkachinos. I'll never forget that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, enjoying uh, as much as we possibly could. Yeah. Can't stop the music with me today, Ryan. We tried. We tried to enjoy it. I still enjoyed it yeah. a bit. One thing I'll say is better than In the Cup. You know what we didn't ask? I didn't ask if you would recommend this movie. Oh. See, I don't know. That's a really hard one. I think, like, I think it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Like, it depends on, like, your temperament. Because, like, is this as enjoyable as, say, uh, a Mamma Mia? Either no. one of those two movies? I would say no. Because the quality of the music elevates it, it more. And plus, there's stuff in those Mamma Mia movies that we'll never cover on the podcast. Sadly. Um, I mean, we could in like one of the other form- formats that we have for the show. But uh, the, the stuff that happens in those films is like bona fide ridiculous and is actually funny, even though it's probably not meant to be funny. With this, it's obviously trying to be funny, but it, it just kind of falls flat. I think if you had enough to drink, yes, you would be perfectly fine with Can't Stop the Music, I think. I think if you'd had like a few a few bevies and you were sitting down and you had you had an affinity towards at least four songs the village people ever ever committed to making, I think you would probably have a decent time with this one. I think if you had a couple of drinks and also had to do your laundry and do the dishes at the same time, this is perfect. Yes. And also if you're a fan of say like 1950s comedies or at least that kind of style of like you know kind of sitcom stuff i think you'd be okay if you like doris day although even putting her in the same fucking breadth as this movie would be is a, is a bit of an insult to doris day but uh yeah it's that kind of it's that kind of thing yeah yeah it's like a comedy but it's not funny there you go that's my endorsement okay well um coming to you from saddle tramps saddle tramps that's the name of the disco Oh, yeah, the disco plays. I have been Laura. Uh, I've been Ryan. Thank you, guys. We will see you next time. Unfortunately so. Ah, <laughs>